0: This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Rachel at Minnesota Grown. Good
1: afternoon, Rachel. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, tell me about yourself and about Minnesota Grown and what Minnesota Grown is.
1: Absolutely. This is a super fun time to be talking about Minnesota Grown since next week. Well, maybe by the time this airs, it's National CSA Week. So Minnesota Grown is a public-private partnership between the Department of Agriculture and over 1,300 farms and farmers markets of all kinds in the state of Minnesota. So it's essentially the Department of Agriculture's Buy Local program with the goal of um, benefiting both producers and consumers by pr- bringing them together and, and connecting, we kind of say our mission is to promote quality Minnesota-grown pro- pro- products. Excuse me for the mutual benefit of producers and consumers.
0: Okay, and I noticed when I when I re-signed up for our membership to Minnesota-grown that you guys, you guys added uh, soap and candles, I think, to the, yeah,
1: yeah, so there's over 150 products, so uh, there's so many different things that Minnesota Grown does, and I hope we'll have a chance to kind of walk through the different benefits that we have, but one of the signature uh, pieces that Minnesota Grown has is a directory, so Mm -hmm. online at minnesotagrown.com, there's actually two, there's a a consumer directory at a wholesale directory, the wholesale naturally being aimed at buyers who are looking for wholesale, but they're they're very similar in uh, how they're laid out, and you can search them by map or by product or by a couple other filters as well. You can search it in all kinds of ways, and there's over 150 products, and we're always adding new ones as we hear from folks, hey, I'm growing loofah or... Hey, I've got sunflower fields. And so yeah, we added candles this year and soaps. And yeah, there's a section of personal care items and gifts and things like that. So yeah, again, in February, a good time for people to be thinking about how they can do skin care in some more local, sustainable ways.
0: Yes, and I'm I'm so excited because the reason the way that I found out about you guys and some other groups that are coming is we we have a homestead we grow a huge garden we sell at the farmer's market um we did offer a csa the first three years we're not doing it this year my husband got a job and his hours are not going to permit him to have time to Mm -hmm. do a csa and the farmer's market and he had to make Um, a choice so the mm -hmm. farmer's market won this year but we also started making candles and soaps and lip balms and things last year. And so I had emailed someone at Minnesota Grown, I don't remember who it was, and asked if there was a crafters directory, you know, like Minnesota Grown, has oh, theirs. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there, there was not, and as far as I know, there is not right now. And I was going to try to take it on, but it is way above my pay grade and skill set. So I did not. I also was asking if there was a cottage food producer directory, which there was not. And there is going to be very soon someone has taken that project on. So, So it's really exciting that Minnesota is lucky enough to have these kinds of things online so that people can just go find them.
1: Indeed, yeah. The main criteria to be a part of the Minnesota Grown Program is that 80% of the product has to be grown or raised here in Minnesota. So that's like the baseline rule. There's not any other requirements around agricultural practice per se, though you can filter for certain things, but 80% grown or raised. That's the main baseline criteria to be a part of Minnesota Grown. So people who are making jams and jellies and baked goods and all kinds of products, if they're incorporating local ingredients, can be a part of it. And there is like an extra level that if if there's a featured product, so obviously certain products aren't gonna be made 100% with Minnesota Grown things, but if you're, if there's a granola or a hot sauce or something that is made with Minnesota honey or maple syrup, Then you can use the Minnesota grown brand to say featuring Minnesota grown. Oh, is that honey or Minnesota grown maple syrup?
0: Is that new?
1: No, it. There's a list, so I can go into some of the different benefits that Minnesota grown offers, and there's some limitations around what's what can be used, but it could certainly be listed in the directory.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: So we've we've got um, one thing that we do that is particularly useful for farmers is that we offer branded um, products. So essentially, Minnesota Grown is a a marketing branding product um, program with knowledge that consumers are more likely to buy something if it has a local provenance sticker. Right. If they know that it's, you know, even you know, made in the USA, for example, but then drill down a little bit more and you have, you know, many, many states have a local branding um, sticker. And we did a big study back in 2022 that found people are much more likely to, to purchase something if they know where it's from. And so we provide rubber bands and stickers and price cards and all kinds of different tools, like very functional tools that farmers can use when they're selling at a market uh, and they have that Minnesota-grown logo on them, so that's one place where we wouldn't put a full sticker on. But if you wanted to put it on the label saying "featuring Minnesota-grown maple syrup," okay, we yep. do that. Does
0: that make sense? Yes, I was mm-hmm. I was confused. I thought there were, I thought there might be marketing materials for feature featuring Minnesota-grown ingredients or whatever. We so. have them
1: for honey and for maple syrup. Sweet, we don't have them for everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow, I didn't know I was going to say that. That was really dumb, um, and oh, funny at the same time. Sweet. Um, um, so, when when did Minnesota grown become established? Mm-hmm.
1: It first started around 1983 or so, early 80s, and it was by specialty crop producers it was the different organizations, the apple producers, the fruit and vegetable producers started getting together and they were seeing that other states were branding their products as local. And they said, we need to do something like this. So that formed as the Minnesota Grown Promotion Group first. And then a few years later, they started working with the Department of Agriculture and saying, hey, this is really important. Can we get some funding for it? Uh, and the Minnesota Legislature uh, did its first appropriation for the program in 1987. So, what is that? I keep saying 35 years, but it's it's more than that now. So,
0: well, I was yeah. I, I was 13 or 14 when it started. <laughs> now, I'm 54 now, so it's been a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it did start by printing a directory. So, you know, before the internet, right? We had these books, little, you know, small little phone book, essentially directories that people could carry around and use it to find a farm, Mm -hmm. right? That was the way to go. Uh, And then we added the online website presence in the early aughts. um, And then eventually went, you know what, nobody, nobody wanted the book anymore. It was expensive to print. And as soon as you print it, something was out of date. And, you know, so this way with the online directory, people are making changes all the time. We're adding members all the time, Um, making those updates. It's so dynamic. Um, And, you know, a lot of folks can just pop on their phone and use that to, to find a producer or a product that they're looking for.
0: The internet is a grand and glorious thing. It really indeed, is.
1: Indeed, indeed. But, you know, the, that promotion group does still exist and they serve as our advisory committee. So we have about 15 advisors that we meet with um, uh, three to four times a year. And they're, you know, they're representatives from the, the Nursery Landscape Association, from, you know, different, you know, even Lamb and Wool Producers Association, the Honey Producers, some of the farmers markets. Um, so looking to have that perpetual feedback and relationship with producers themselves. And of course, we're talking to members on a daily basis and getting feedback about what we're doing and what's working.
0: Yes. Um, Minnesota Grown is to be a member of it, to, to have that cachet or clout of the, being able to say, use your labeling. It's not that expensive. It's, it's less than $100 a year.
1: Yeah, can I go into the details on it? Please do. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it's essentially a license to be able to say that you're Minnesota grown and to use this logo. I hope everyone is familiar with it. It just says Minnesota grown, it's got a little outline of Minnesota, it's very recognizable. Hopefully, you've seen it at farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, to have the license to use that, as well as receive all of the branded marketing materials that I talked about. And we ship them to our members at no cost at all, zero cost for those. We also have a couple of cost share programs that we'll get into in a second. So all of that is $20 a year. So it's a January through December program. Join any time during the year and it will still expire in December, but that's $20. And again, if you join in October, uh, November, December, we're gonna just roll it over into the next year. so that's the basic level. And then the one extra cost is to be in the directory. Uh, so I should say, actually, the $20 level does include um, a listing in the wholesale directory because we're trying to get more members there. But that consumer directory, which is searched by, gosh, I think 385,000 people last year. Um, so to be in the consumer directory is an additional $40 a year. So a total of 60 so, like you said, well under a hundred. Most, most, most of our members join at the sixty dollar a year level. I did.
0: Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. We we uh, requested, ordered, however you want to say it, from you guys a whole bunch of rubber bands and the the bread ties and things mm-hmm. that you guys send out, and it ended up being a huge box. And it came, I think it came UPS. I could be wrong. And I saw it sitting on the steps and I brought it in and I opened it up and it was like Christmas. I was like, <laughs> honey, you have all the things for the farmer's market now. And Yay! he was looking at them and he's like, they're so cute. Oh, good. And I said, yeah, they're very, they're very child friendly because it's all primary colors. It's blue, green, red.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the, the little picks have, um, little cartoon pictures of tomatoes and
1: yeah there's just one in particular yeah you're you're picturing that is great for farmers markets they they have like a little um they fit in a basket really well like in Mm -hmm. a little pint or quart basket and they have room for writing your prices or your you know the variety name if you want to say what kind of um produce it is and then yeah it has these little cartoons of smiling vegetables
0: Yeah, Yeah. they're really, they're really cute. And so,
1: yeah, and it's all on the website. So if anybody wants to, they're just curious what they look like. uh, There's a spot on the minnesotagrown.com website that says for members and partners. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the information is about how to join and things like that. But there's a section that's called marketing materials. And if you click on that button and then you click the button that says stickers or the button that says, Uh, specialty materials or price cards then there's drop down menus and you can see images of what all the different samples are and when you join you get a little sample pack so you can see oh okay that's what that is Um, you know maybe I would use those or just go ahead and order one one roll of stickers and and then see if it works for you
0: yeah I love that it was
1: like Christmas that's so fun
0: it, it was, yeah. it was really neat. And we were, we were new to this. So not only was it exciting to get the box, but then to see the quality and the happy that's involved in it was just exciting for us. Um, I was at
1: the sustainable farming conference, sustainable farming association conference and talking with someone who had joined and was a member, but she didn't even know about some of it in their Like the plant stakes, you know, this time of year is you're making, you know, seeding, Mm-hmm. Um, preparing things if you do sell bedding plants at all or annuals, perennials, those little plant stakes, we have those. And you can write in a Sharpie, you know, what it is that you're planting and how much you're selling it for if you sell it as as a starter plant. So it was kind of – she got so excited. She's like, I'm going to order – yeah, I think she ordered like 5000 or something. like that.
0: <laughs> I didn't know you guys have those. I'm going to have to do that mm-hmm. later today. I didn't realize that you had those because those are you not – a- there's a limit
1: cheap. on just a couple things. The plant stakes and the rubber bands. We say you can or- only order so many at a time. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> That's then, fine.
1: But yeah, then come back and order more when you need them.
0: Yeah, we've been buying them at Fleet Farm, and they're they're not not expensive. They're they're mm-hmm. they're a little pricey. So so yeah, that would help out a lot. Thank you. Um, whoever designed the website did an excellent job. It's really user friendly
1: oh, that's music to my ears, thank you. That was not me, but I maintain it now. And I was just looking at it going, oh, I need to make some updates. And in January, you know, we kind of update the homepage. We try to keep it very what's what's most in season on the homepage so that a user going to it right away knows, okay, it's, you know, time for, you know, go to my farmer's market or, right, okay, tomatoes are finally in season. You know, I think that's one of our missions too, is to try to convey to consumers um what's in season when right we have a page we have a little chart that says what's in season and it just has month by month you know by color what you can find at any time so that people don't expect to be able to go to the farmer's market in late may and find tomatoes and peppers they're <laughs> they're not going to be there yet no
0: right? or, you no know,
1: sweet corn you just gotta get excited for it when it comes so yeah, so I'm glad that the directory itself was user friendly for you, and
0: we're oh, always it looking is.
1: for feedback too. We've got an events calendar on there, um, yeah, resources for members as well as for for people who want to
0: who want to shop. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Um, speaking of things being in season, you guys have a card that you that you print out too. We got some last year that has what's in season on it. And we put those on the table at the farmer's market. And my husband said that people would take one every time they came by because they don't know when things are ready. He had so many people asking at the beginning of July last year if we had tomatoes yet. And he was like, no, no. Number one, it's still a wee bit early. And number two, it's been a terrible summer for growing anything we're doing our best and last summer was terrible it was a really yeah. hard summer yeah it sure so. was, it and, sure then was. We, and then we we were drowning in tomatoes by august so it was <laughs> it was fine but everything just seemed to be on hold for about two weeks
1: yeah yeah The it season chart kind of tries to do it by range you know there might be Something available a little earlier or later, but the prime peak season is, you know, right here, right now. This is when, if you're going to can anything, if you're going to buy in bulk, you know, now buy it now. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed that this year, I'm happy that we've got a little snow right now. You know, we got
0: some. I don't know. Did you get some little well, bit? Five, over the last well, couple days? five inches. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's very white out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this again. I've said it, I think three times now in three interviews, we received a grant from, um, the Minnesota entry fund, market entry fund. Sorry. And we're, we're, we're breaking ground on a heated greenhouse in the, the first weekend of March, I'm stumbling all over <gasps> this cause I'm excited. Oh, yeah. And so we're hoping to be able to get tomato seeds planted probably the first week in April in the greenhouse. So we might possibly have our first early girl tomato in June for the first time ever. And this is very exciting.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. No, our chart doesn't have tomatoes until July, but those season extending. Yeah, high tunnel, a heated greenhouse is fantastic for getting things in earlier and later too. Hopefully you'll be able to I don't know, how are you planning to use it in the fall?
0: Um well, to extend the growing season on some of the stuff because we will we will be potting things this year to go in the greenhouse as well as growing outside in the garden. So mm-hmm. so even if it hard frosts, we'll lose what's in the outside garden, but the stuff that's potted will still be able to be alive in the greenhouse. Yeah. Um part of the reason we even applied for the grant is I had a principal of a private school email me last year and he wanted to buy stuff that he could feed his students at lunchtime because they don't have a commercial kitchen. And so mm-hmm. the only things they can make them are like salads and sandwiches. And he said that he said, it's fine. He said, but I'd really like to find a local source for you know, lettuces and carrots and radishes and that kind of thing. And I felt so bad. I was like, I would love to help you out, but Minnesota is not a place to grow those things past mm-hmm. August.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he was like, how do I get around this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And then saw the, the grant information come through from market entry fund and i was like i'm going to apply for this and i'm going to ask them to grant us the money to get a heated greenhouse built and then we can supply him and other places with some fresh produce september october november possibly december and january depending how cold the winter is Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so we're really excited this has been a really fun six seven months that that things have been happening now um
1: congratulations yeah i'm getting it and good luck with the build i hope it you know goes smoothly when you break ground
0: it's gonna be interesting because we didn't think it was gonna snow so
1: (laughs) well i mean based on the history of this winter who thought it would snow it's gonna be gone. Oh no! I've I, no. I say nothing. I knock on wood. I, I'm not, uh, not a meteorologist, but
0: yeah. So hopefully we can we can finally decide whether we're going to dig for a foundation yeah. or whether we're just going to use paving blocks for a foundation. Mm-hmm. Because my husband is still, he's got the design done, but he mm-hmm. can't decide yet how he wants to do the foundation. And I'm like, babe, you have got two weeks. You, you gotta you gotta, you gotta it. make a choice yeah. because it must be done by may thirty first that's that's a condition of the grant. Mm. so, so we're said, really, Yeah, so we're really, really, really excited around here about things not being so winterish and being more early spring ish soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been it's been a an unseasonable and seasonably warm winter, but it has still been winter. Indeed. Indeed. So now,
1: while we're on in the topic, I just want to share that Farm to School is really growing and taking off. And there's a lot of different groups and support around it. The Department of Agriculture has some specific grants for the schools themselves okay. as they're looking to get just, a, you know, even just a few simple um, pieces of kitchen equipment, you know, a food processor or some refrigeration, things that could really make a difference for them to be able to process local food, there's yeah. support for that. So I would encourage um, anyone who's working with the schoolers might be interested to say, take a look at some of those grants. Um, where would
0: where would we find those?
1: Give me one second. Let's keep talking okay. and I'll come back. I'll find okay. the actual yeah. website. <laughs> Here, you're going to hear me typing away. That's here.
0: fine. No <laughs> problem. This is a and very pretty, real you know,
1: one change this year even was that they opened it up not just to K-12, but to early care. So really, you know, even smaller daycare centers really getting farm to kids um, in there. So mda.state.mn.us, I would just say Google Minnesota farm to school grants
0: okay. um,
1: and you'll find it. But there's yeah it's the farm to school and early care grants and i have a great colleague um it's actually a brand new position she had worked for the department before but she be was was hired as the farm to institution coordinator so really looking at how are we getting local foods into schools and other other institutions because it's great for both the farmer who can make you know some larger sales right instead of being at the farmers market all the time you could say well i know that you really are looking for Um, butternut squash, I'll plant it, you know, plan ahead, you know, they're going to purchase and then, and then work together. And then they can have really quality local food to serve their clients too.
0: And see, this is why I wanted to start this podcast, not this episode, but my podcast in general, because I had no idea that this even existed. What you're talking about CSA innovation Network, network, gonna be whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. They have a program where they help people ease the cost of the CSA subscription, the CSA share.
1: Oh, brilliant! Um,
0: yeah, and I didn't know about that either. So, so the more I talk to you guys who know everything. I I find out that I know way less than I did. And that's great because that means other people don't know either. And we're letting them know about this stuff. So
1: nobody knows everything. Right. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. So for, for, if someone comes to you and they're interested in your, you know, if you decide to do a CSA again, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could say, ha, this, there's some support there for people who aren't, you know, able to make that initial down payment. purchase one so that's fantastic but yeah farm to school is is very exciting for so many reasons right that you know health and nutrition right at the start is is just
0: critical so that's why we started a backyard garden when my kids were small so Mm -hmm. yes absolutely um okay so there's so much here with this minnesota grown thing um so to so run it down for me, Minnesota grown provide.
1: Dot com. Yeah. Um, yep. And so I kind of think of it in, in five parts. So we talked about the logo licensing. Number one, we talked about the directory. Number two, we talked mm-hmm. about the branded promotional items. Mm-hmm. Um, We have. And then the last thing that Minnesota Grown offers for farmers, for producers, and I want to just clarify this isn't just for produce, right? We support meat and livestock producers, uh, non foods producers. um, You know, we've got some fabulous, you know, fiber, lamb and wool. Um, I think there's one member who has yak, right? So all of that. But the last um, key point that we have to support producers, we call cost share programs. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> uh, we have two. so these are financial support um, again, and they come in a form of a reimbursement. And so there's two. The one that we've had for a long time and that we know is going to keep going is for labeling and signage. So if someone needs to get um, a big banner printed for their market stand or if they want to assign to have on farm, it says, you know, welcome to my farm um, or if they want to get some custom labels for their canned goods, you know, and they're having, you know, it's some upfront cost to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. If you put the Minnesota Grown logo on it, um, it needs to be legible, but it doesn't have to be the most prominent thing. Um, Then we can reimburse up to 50% of the costs with a maximum of $300. So if you were to spend $600 on a sign, we could reimburse you up to $300. So 50% with a maximum of 300. And then we have a second one, uh, which is a little bit of a trial, and we're we're wrapping up the first year, and then the second year will start in July, uh, and that is for e-commerce and digital marketing. So, again, we're looking, you know, we don't actually sell anything. We don't make any any money. Our goal is that if the consumer comes to the Minnesota Grown Directory and finds a farm and leaves our website and goes to visit your website, that's what we count as a success. So, when we're yep. tracking... Marketing conversions, you know, that's what we're looking for. Um, and so we want to be able to help farmers increase their online presence and help them become, you know, develop a website or a, an online store, something like that. And so we have a cost share program to reimburse for those sorts of costs. Um, we just, like I said, the first year will go through June, but we have a limited pool of money that's pretty much been counted for, but um, for those we can reimburse up to $3,000 Wow!
0: Again, okay.
1: 50%. So if you're doing a big website project, we can reimburse 50% of the costs up to um, $3,000. But I, again, I would say if you have to be a member to access it and you should let us know in advance and kind of talk about it and make sure that we still have the funding for it. And the second round will start uh, July 1st of 2024. So. If you've got a project in mind, uh, yeah, get in touch, talk about it, plan ahead uh, to apply for that probably starting in July.
0: Okay. So those
1: are the four main criteria of benefits that we have for our, our members. And then the last part is very broad, but we do actually do a lot of general advertising for local foods. And that's actually where my work lives, there's two of us in the program that manage it. Mallory Forseth is my colleague. She's the program manager and she does most of those member service centric pieces. And then I um, am more the external relations um, coordinator. So we run pay-per-click ads, we run TV ads, digital ads, all kinds of newsletters and social media, uh, as much as we can to be working with the public about the value and the timing and just the know-how to help them buy more local foods.
0: Very nice. I I love what you guys do. I when I found when I first heard about Minnesota Grown, I think I had seen one of your it's called a magazine directories because it's it looked mm-hmm. like to me like a magazine. And they were so beautiful. And that was why I even saw it. It was sitting with a bunch of other things at a tourist place in yeah. i don't know minnesota and i saw it and i was like what is this and i picked it up and i started flipping through it and i was like oh this is great i love this i'm taking it home and found one of our our friends now through that and they weren't our friends before they okay i'm just gonna say who it is um gene and <laughs> dean Jean and dean bratz in montgomery minnesota their their business name is my minnesota farmer um jean was a teacher of two of our sons when we lived in jordan and then she wow. didn't she's not teaching anymore and hasn't been for quite a while and they have a farm and they have a bunch of kids and they have dogs and they have cows and they have sheep and they have chickens and they have everything and so they were listed in that directory Mm-hmm. I think I, I my oh, Minnesota
1: Farmer has been a member for many years. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Great. yeah. And I saw her last name and I was like, Bratz is ringing a bell. Why yeah. do you, who, how do I know her? And we went to get chickens from her and she said, you look really familiar. And I was like, did you teach it at Jordan elementary? And she was like, yeah. And I said, my kids were in your class. And then it all made sense. And since then, she's become a friend. And when mm-hmm. we eat chickens, we go get chickens from her. And our dog, Maggie, is the baby of their two mini Australian Shepherd parents. And so it's really funny how things that happened many, many years ago lead to now.
1: It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. I love her. She's fantastic.
1: Wonderful. How, yeah. How those connections get reformed.
0: Love it. Yeah. Yeah, And and uh, for people who,
1: you know, a a lot of Minnesotans, you know, have parents or grandparents who were on a farm, you know, but may not be anymore. So they love to have that connection. And then for people who don't have an agricultural background to really learn where their food is from and, we have a section where you can search by farm activities, right? Or pick your own, um, trying to, you know, let people know, hey, it's a beautiful, beautiful fall. Maybe go find somewhere to pick apples or go to a pumpkin patch and, you know, get to have that on-farm experience that is can be so fun and special and build memories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm sorry that I got all r- weird and awkward. I just, I tend to not use people's names on the podcast because I haven't asked them if it's okay.
1: Sure. Do but you want to do it again? No. No,
0: no, no it's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure she'll be happy to hear that I was talking her up. But I didn't ask, so I will message right. her later and be like, by the way, your name's coming up in a future yeah. episode. Sorry. And she'll no, probably be fine with it. Um, one, one little minor aside here with the the fact that we have one of their dogs dogs. Um my dog will never have a full blooded sibling again. Her her daddy died a while mm-hmm. ago last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh I I don't really know my dog's dog parents, but mm-hmm. I have met them. And they are great dogs. And Jean and Dean are great parents. They're great animal uh husbanders. I don't know what the term is, yeah. razors. And they just put their whole selves into everything. And when I saw that Maggie's daddy had died, I was very sad for, um, for Jean because that dog was her heart dog. And it's so hard. I'm going to say this again. Homesteading, farming, uh, anything that you are raising that is alive is really hard because there are chances that that thing that you love is not going to be around as long as you would like it to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, so. this time of year, I have the best social media feed because I'm following all of these amazing farmers. And right now we're starting to see the first lambs and kids show up, you know, yeah. and I have to remind myself, this is a really hard time of year. It's exhausting. And it's, you know, it's such a challenge. Not, not all of the, you know, lambs might make it, right? So every time somebody says we had our first, you know, two kids born last night, I just, it's thrilling.
0: Yeah, right. To know that. Yeah, every time I see any of my people who have new babies, I do the the uh, mental fist pump. I'm like, yay, oh yes, and every, and everybody shares pictures, and they're so cute.
1: Right, and the farm dogs and the farm cats too. I think they get a special shout out for their work on the farm. Yeah, yeah,
0: That's absolutely. So cool. We have we have two two female barn cats and a male barn cat. And the male barn cat is supposedly neutered, but I think that maybe when they neutered him they didn't quite do it right oh, because oh. Our, our female barn cat ended up pregnant last year and uh, I a visitor had, cat <laughs> i I had seen our male barn cat um being real snugly with the, um, the lady cat so they may have missed something in the surgery mm-hmm. so uh Hopefully, we're taking both female cats in to be fixed here shortly, and then we won't have any more kittens. But it probably won't break my heart if we don't get to it in time either, because kittens are adorable. And I know that's terrible. Spay new to your pets—it's an important thing to do. But kittens are adorable, so indeed,
1: both are true.
0: Both of those
1: statements. There you go.
0: Yes. Oh. So, um, I—I oh. oh. I don't know how much time you have. I, it, we're, we're at 36 minutes. So we yeah, can you,
1: however long you like to have, I, I covered the <laughs> big five bases of what we, you know, what Minnesota grown offers, um, you know, just a final shout out, I, I dug it up, I was like, 65% of people say that they're more likely to buy a product if it has an origin logo, you know, and, and people are familiar with Minnesota grown, they don't even really realize that it's a brand. It's just sort of this, oh yeah, of course I support Minnesota grown products. Well, maybe you could be a little more deliberate about seeking them out and and finding them. So just whether your listeners are, you know, somebody who's doing some, you know, maybe considering starting some homesteading or maybe they're an established farmer's market vendor, you know, know, this program is here for you, uh, but it's also here for all the citizens of Minnesotans to support You know small businesses to access fresh healthy local foods um right and and we love those things you're doing something really great for yourself and for your community when you're shopping local when you buy a minnesota grown product so yeah look for it wherever you are you know we do some special things we do a gift guide in the holiday season so you know again for things for cottage food producers for you know, for candles and other things that make great gifts. We do a local food guide. We have a presence at the state fair. We also do uh, two contests for, uh, for wholesale. So we do a retailer of the year contest, uh, trying to get more grocery stores um, and even liquor stores if we can, right, to be purchasing from Minnesota grown farms and farmers. Mm-hmm. And so in August and September, when we really have that, you know, wealth and richness of local food available is when we run that contest. And then for the rest of the, the next year, they get to say that they're the retailer of the year. And then we just did a first one for schools um, this last year to name a school district of the year to really lift up the work that they're doing as well. So actually on Monday, I get to go out to Prior Lake School um, and have a, a meal that they're preparing um, made with local local products. So. That's so, so cool. There's fun <laughs> stuff that we've got going on. Um, so, Minnesota, yeah, again, we're part of the Department of Agriculture, and so we have some great resources there. Um, we have, um, there's a program called Make It Minnesota, which is more for small business, small food business development. So as cottage food producers might be scaling up um, mm-hmm. into a more retail space, then they could look into the Make It Minnesota program. Um, it doesn't have that same requirement of being 80% grown or raised that Minnesota grown does. So there's a, some crossover um, in the businesses that can fit into one or the other. Uh, but those are some really close colleagues of ours as well that are doing great innovative work at make it Minnesota.
0: Great. That's, that's fantastic. I, anything, anything that is accessible to the public where they can go and look for and find what, what they want is mm-hmm. great. And I'm using a terrible word. I don't even have a word big enough to cover how important this really is.
1: Yeah. yeah so, oh, this is exciting. And you're doing work to amplify it. So, yeah, we partner with so many great nonprofit organizations. And, yeah, just really working to to lift it up and help people thrive.
0: And yeah, I, I'm... I'm I have interviewed a few people in the last two weeks that aren't necessarily homesteaders or cottage food producers or crafters. They are people who help those people.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: when I, when I talked to my husband about approaching you and a couple other folks, I said, am I getting up too far afield from what I'm trying to do? And he said, no, because it's, it's adjacent to your listeners it helps mm-hmm. them further their cause. And I was like, okay, because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up. And he was like, no, he said, you're going to help them. And I was like, okay, good. And sometimes he's real weird about answering questions like that. He's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to tell you the wrong thing. And he was very certain on this one. So I trusted him.
1: But well, you'll, you have a good mix going, right? Some, some resources, some, yeah, support organizations, and then and then get the stories of you know the boots the boots on the ground in the mud <laughs> as yeah. well yeah yeah you know, no, every time I talk to people I'm just blown away by the hard work uh, that people do you know I go oh my goodness I could oh I I was like I could do that and I go oh my gosh it's so much work
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's amazing
0: yeah he's he's the farmer he's he's the guy that that does the gardening because I am not into it. I love I love vegetables. I do. I love fruit. I would eat salads and fruit every day if I could afford to, which I can't right now.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. uh, we grow it. Yeah.
0: Loves to garden. And when we moved here, we've only been here for three and a half years and we moved here, the first thing we did was buy asparagus crowns and get them in the ground. Because it takes three years for them to really produce and last spring, we finally, I finally got an actual feed of asparagus, and he came in whenever they were starting to shoot, and he said, um, you might want to come grab a piece of asparagus and try it, because they're starting to come in, so I walked out, and I snapped a piece off, I didn't wash it, I just ate it, and he was like, you didn't wash that, I'm like, it's fine, dirt won't kill you, and It was so sweet it it was sweeter than any asparagus i've ever had from the store or at a restaurant and i said honey we need to plant more (laughs) he said
1: Uh, said, i have a huge smile on my face the whole time you're talking
0: yeah yeah and he said i know everything that went into that
1: of course you can just eat it right out of the ground
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and he said he said i don't even like asparagus and i said your wife adores asparagus we need to put in more so We're, we're going to be putting in some more of the purple variety. I don't know the name Ooh. of it, but there was a the kind we planted three years ago. And it's really good. And it's pretty. So so yeah. we're going to put in some more purple asparagus because people like it. They're like, what's that? Uh, it's purple asparagus. It tastes just like green asparagus. It won't hurt you. It's not alien asparagus. It's just a mm-hmm. different color. <laughs> it probably has
1: and- some good different kinds of nutrients. Yeah, eat the rainbow kind of.
0: Sure. Yeah. Story,
1: right? Yeah. Go.
0: And we'll be putting in more strawberry crowns this year too, I think, because we have some, but not nearly yeah. enough to, be able to sell strawberries. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've been sorry.
1: more excited. I've been learning about some of the the different berries too. You know, of course we have very popular searches on the Minnesota grown directory for strawberries and for raspberries, blueberries, but um Elderberries,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the American elderberries taken off, um, the perennial, what else? The Honey honeyberry berry, or yep. hascaps. Yep. So we added those to the directory. I had a great conversation with a hascap grower out in Stillwater, and there's some folks up by Alexandria uh, really going for those. Um, currants. and oh, there's one more I'm trying to think of Aronia. Aronia yep. berries. So, yep. Some that you might just not want to eat right off the bush, but you know, it could make some great, great jams or syrups out of.
0: Yeah. Um, but, we have current is a great tree. opportunity.
1: If somebody is, you know, curious, you know, not just for the product, but want to talk about how to grow, you know, you can use our directory and find a farmer and just reach out, call them, email them and have a conversation you know, what's working for them.
0: Yeah. And people who, who grow things are usually pretty passionate about it. So they want to talk about it.
1: Absolutely.
0: We have currant trees, I guess they're trees, um, here that were planted before we moved in. And I don't oh, love currants. Don't okay. love currants. But, um, one of my former neighbors does, she likes to make currant jelly. So, um, this spring when they, start to come in. And if they're doing well, I'm going to message her and be like, "Um, yeah. do you actually want to try to cut, get down here and, and pick currents this year so you can have them? <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're, they're real finicky. Currents are, are very fragile. And so if uh, you don't pick uh-huh. them at the exact moment that they're ready, they're worthless within days.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that's why. That, yeah. yeah. That's why we have <laughs>
1: they try to beat the birds and the squirrels
0: that too. Yeah. And that's why we haven't picked them and sold them because we always miss the window to pick them. Yeah. Cause they're not, they're like off to the side on our property. So my husband isn't always over there and doesn't happen to notice that they're ready. So it's yeah. currents are, currents are rough if it's not something you're familiar with growing and you know, it, it's not easy to, to get they're
1: them. Okay, hungry. Stick with yeah. something. With something a little easier, huh? You're gonna—I mm. love that
0: you're gonna expand your strawberries. That sounds great. I love strawberries. I eat strawberries until they start to taste like tomatoes to me. Like and when they're
1: inside. oh, when they're warm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep, and every spring we have rhubarb. So <laughs> as soon as the as soon as the rhubarb is coming in, we freeze it, and then as soon as the strawberries come in, we make strawberry rhubarb, rhubarb compote, and it's warm, and we put it over vanilla ice cream, and it's really good.
1: Okay, I'm excited for spring now. There's snow on the ground, but here we go. You know, rhubarb's not that far away.
0: No, I mean, spring is only a month, a little more than a month away on the calendar and really only two or three months away. So we
1: send out a monthly newsletter um, just once a month. I don't want to overwhelm people's email inboxes, but if people are looking for, you know, the first news of what to do, we call it the pick of the month. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, because it tries to feature not the same thing every year, but really like what's special right now. So March we'll probably write about maple syrup and then in April, maybe we'll be like, okay, <laughs> those first early, early products coming in. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, rhubarb in May. When does it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually they start yeah. to sprout first of May. It's when, It's when the nights are cold and the days are warm. It's kind of like the maple syrup thing. Yeah. So, and it's later than maple syrup because the trees, the trees go nuts. You know, if it gets to to 45 degrees every day for a week and a half, the sap's going to run. Just like it did two weeks ago.
1: I get on the phone. I talked to a dozen maple syrup
0: producers two weeks ago saying,
1: are you tapping? What's going on here?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, no, that was, that was wild. We'll see what happens. Hopefully yeah, and a, I a regular run in you know late February, early March. Here we'll see everybody pay attention to that freeze thaw cycle.
0: Yeah, I'm very concerned about this spring and summer with the way this winter has gone. I have no idea what this this growing season looks like.
1: Yeah, nope, I agree absolutely. We all wish we had a crystal ball, and then I go, Well, I guess that's farming. Uh huh. Oh, to yeah, know it's gonna happen so.
0: When my husband decided that he really, really wanted to buy land and, and do the garden big and do the farmer's markets and things, I, I was slightly panicked because I am not a gambler. I, I am a calculated risk taker kind of girl. And I said, honey, I said, I said, you're not going to be a farmer, but it's it's real close to being a farmer. I said, and it's gambling. I said, you buy the seeds, you put them in the ground, and you pray that everything you do for those seeds pays off. I said that's gambling, and he was like, "Yeah, but it's good gambling." And I said, "I <laughs> hate gambling." He said, "Can you trust me?" I was like, "Yes, I think mm-hmm. I can." And it still makes me really nervous when we when we buy our seeds now. Yep. Yep. I'm like, okay, how how inexpensively can I get the seeds? And still get quality seeds so that everything turns out okay in July, August, and September. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, not so, I know since you talked already with with the CSA Innovation Network, but just that for folks who are scaling up, right, and looking to do a CSA, getting that um, cash flow this type of year when the inputs are high, when the expenses are high and you're not gonna have a product for a month can be such months such a such an important uh, support so but i also wanted to say i love you know you've got the risk from from farming but you're hedging your bet a little bit with the cottage foods and you know putting things away and you know from year over year hopefully um, i talked to a a cider producer and he said the cider is our insurance right Mm -hmm. that it could be a rough year but because they have you know the the cider itself that's preserved they're, they were able to, to make it through a rougher, a rough season. So finding yeah. ways to be more resilient props Props to you for all the work you do.
0: Yeah. Uh, we just pulled a jar of tomato sauce out of the pantry the other day from 2022. There you and, go. And uh, I made spaghetti sauce with it and I had forgotten how great the tomatoes were in 2022. Oh. That that sauce was fantastic. I, I keep saying this because we eat spaghetti like once every two weeks because we do. And I made the sauce and I had my son taste it because he's pretty tomato sauced out. And <laughs> and he tasted. He I've was like, "Tomato sauced out ever." <laughs> yeah, he, he said, "What did you do differently?" I said, "Nothing." He said, "He said it's it's really good." I said, "I don't know. It's the sauce from 2022." He's like, well, that's, that's got to be it. Hmm. So, yeah. I love it. I, anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I really, really, you have no idea how much I've been looking forward to interviewing you. I really appreciate your time, oh, thank Rachel. Thank you. you.
1: This has been so much fun. And it, it has made me so excited for the growing season.
0: I'll me? admit. Yes. Me too. And now I'm going to be like, oh, I can't do anything for another month. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just, Yep. Yep plan well you're going to have your hands very full it sounds like getting that greenhouse going so
0: yes it's it's going to be so amazing to see it done because again he's my husband is the gardener he's also the carpenter and we've mm-hmm. got a couple people who are going to help us get it put up once the foundation's down so it'll That's be nice. i will be cooking food for the people who are doing the work i i suspect that'll be my a regular job regular
1: barn raising party
0: Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often anymore. So I'm hoping it'll be fun and I'll have the coffee going so that people can stay awake. It'll be great.
1: Well, minnesotagrown.com, my contact information is there on the staff page and my colleague Mallory, or feel free to list us however you like, but we would love if anyone has further questions, reach out to us. We're very approachable. I hope we're friendly. (laughs) Oh yes, we love to talk. Um, yeah, love to talk and, and you know help help people as much as we can and you know connect with the Department of Agriculture, any of the producer associations that we work with. Yeah, we're we're good connectors.
0: Good. All right. Again, Rachel, thank you so much. Have a great day.
1: Thanks you too.
0: All right. Bye.